It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kick well, down, I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. And today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I thought I would start today's show off by sharing a conversation I had with my brother this week. If you've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition for the past couple of years, you know he's the brother that is a Vietnam vet and has type 2 diabetes. By the way, have you heard the latest numbers on diabetes? 39% of adults have diabetes or are pre-diabetic right now. And by 2020, that's just nine years from now, they predict 50% of all adults will be diabetic. Amazing, isn't it? 50% of people will be diabetic. So I would guess that the old 1950s nutrition of low-fat, high-carb eating is just not working. Because, and we see this every day, is people are getting sicker by the day. So back to my conversation with my brother. He asked, have you ever heard of a condition where your feet kind of tingle and you feel like you have to keep moving them? It's called restless something or another. (laughs) I said, oh, yeah. It is called restless leg syndrome. And he said, this is a new symptom. I've never had it before. So earlier in our conversation, he told me he had just finished mowing his lawn and he's got a big lawn. And that he had been working outside on the hot summer days and sweating a lot and a lot and a lot. And so I I also know that he takes a diuretic for blood pressure control. So it just made sense that because he was sweating a lot and he had depleted his body of minerals, especially magnesium. So if you're a listener today and you are having restless leg syndrome, kind of listen to this story just a little bit because... Maybe the same thing has happened to you because, I don't know, I know when I'm working out these days, a lot of stuff is rolling off of my face. <laughs> you know, it's I, I find that I'm sweating more this year when I'm working out than I've ever done. So, so I told him I would, you know, I think he's probably low on magnesium. So I told him I'd send him some magnesium glycinate, and I recommended him taking about 400 milligrams, and I'm sure his legs would calm down. So magnesium is such an important mineral, not only for preventing restless legs, leg cramps, irregular heartbeat, but it is also critical for absorption of calcium into your bones. And we want to share some new information and research about how you can maintain healthy bones. Did you realize osteoporosis may actually start when you are a teenager? I, you know, it's kind of interesting as a mm-hmm. teenager. And joining me today as our co-host is Tamara Brown. Tamara is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in public health, but one of her first loves is food. And Tamara is a is our deli detective. So, Tamara, welcome to the show. Thanks, Star. And I know you have been testing out a new recipe. Yes. So, what did you come up with today? I have. Well, before I share my recipe, I'm curious, after hearing your story, what happened with your brother and the magnesium? Well, I've just put it in the mail to him. Okay. So I haven't, you know, I'll talk to him tomorrow, probably. Okay. So I'm Get hoping, the results. Yep. Right. You know, I assume that it, you know, 
I'm sure it'll work. Right. We know, right? <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been working on a recipe, and it is a super simple ranch dressing recipe because, you know, one of the most common things I hear from my clients is ranch, ranch, ranch. 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 Everybody fa- loves ranch. That's right. That's my favorite So dressing. we decided that we better come up with a ranch dressing. So it's really simple, mayonnaise, sour cream, buttermilk, of course, which gives it the ranch. Okay. Um, garlic, some spices, chive, dill, parsley, garlic. Uh, we've got it on our website, so check it out, www.weightandwellness.com, and it's so good. So any special kind of mayonnaise? Yes. I recommend the Hain mayonnaise. Okay. And that's like a safflower mayonnaise? Yep. It's made with a safflower oil as opposed to, say, a soybean oil. Okay. And it's gluten-free? It is gluten-free, yes. It has no chemicals in it? Exactly. And it tastes great. Great. And you you put buttermilk in that. Yes, I put buttermilk because that gives it that tang. Buttermilk is uh, a little bit, well, tangy, I guess is the word that's coming to my head. So it gives it that just acidic flavor. And you know what? So Tamara has been testing out these recipes and bringing us samples. And let me tell you, this tastes great. Yes, and it's been a lot of fun to have samples each afternoon, right? (laughs) Certainly for us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I promise new information and research about preventing osteoporosis and how you can maintain healthy bones. So I invited Dr. Leslie Savara as our special guest expert. In fact, Leslie just completed her Ph.D. dissertation about bone health at the University of Minnesota. And what else do you do there? Well, I work at the University of Minnesota. Well, first of all, let me say good morning. And thanks for having me on this morning. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's an honor to be sitting with you, Dara, and Tamara. Um, So in addition to just completing my Ph.D., which is thrilling to have done. Yes. um, Congratulations. I work as a postdoctoral associate in the School of Kinesiology at the University of Minnesota. So do some teaching and do some researching there. And she is a wonderful teacher. If you ever get a chance to go and listen to Leslie teach, and once in a while she'll teach for us. Yeah. Yeah. Great teacher. Thank you very much. I enjoy doing it. So I think as women, um, in terms of bone health, we tend to not start worrying about our bones until we get older, maybe during our menopausal years, for example. And so when we reach those years, we suddenly become really concerned about what we should maybe have been concerned about earlier in our life. You know, Leslie, I just taught a menopause class the other night in Noisetta. And it's so true. The women in there, probably half of them were really concerned about having osteoporosis or getting osteoporosis. That's right. That's right. And it's it's not only a concern when you're at a menopausal stage for women in particular, but it's something that we need to be concerned about with earlier in life uh, because... One of the things that we know is that building a strong skeleton earlier in life can help to protect, protect, excuse me, against age-related loss of bone, so Mm -hmm. osteoporosis later in life. And for example, with girls, we know that they gain almost half of their bone mass in their teenage years. So it's an important, it's a critical time for bone development. Isn't that amazing? Half of their bone mass almost by the time, you know, in those teenage years. That's right. And so... So anything that they might do 
to prevent gaining that peak bone strength, for example, maybe poor nutrition or lack of physical activity, all might have an impact later on in life. Certainly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's also interesting because especially at that age, you know, we're not really thinking Mm-hmm. about the health of our bones so many years later. It's hard to make that connection. So if we think about eating behaviors, what kinds of eating behaviors, or maybe I'll say not eating behaviors, can affect bone health? Well, first, of course, is not eating. You know, girls and boys with eating disorders have an increased risk of developing thin bones. Certainly is a problem, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. scary. That's yeah. right. And and we know osteoporosis, which is, you know, as we said, considered a disease that affects older, older Americans. But did you know that one in three women and one in five men over the age of 50 will develop osteoporosis and suffer an osteoporotic fracture? So, Leslie, are you what you said? A third of the women... Yes. Over 50. Yes. Will break a bone? Right. And it and that dar is is important to know in and of itself, but what we also know is that one in 4 people who fracture, yes. After they fracture, one in 4 people will either they will either die or they will never walk again. And that's important and knowing that osteoporosis is a significant public health concern and we need to we need to take mm-hmm. important measures to to prevent it. I mean, I think that's really amazing because mm-hmm. you take a look at that and you think, you know, cuz we are teaching classes all the time and mm-hmm. you look out at those cla- those classes and you think one out of every third woman is going to have a major problem with her bones right. or one out of every f- five men. Yeah. Mhm. Wow, that's that's shocking. It is. And mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that you said that is really important. It is once they break a bone, what happens? Well, one in four after breaking a bone, one in four people will either die or they will never walk again. And this is according mm-hmm. to the World Osteoporosis um, Organization. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So something not to take lightly. No. Yes. That's right. So, but I think one of the things that I... I think it's important to talk about today is that the most important factor or one of the most important factors in bone health is that 90% of your adult bone mass is you acquire that during the first three decades of your life. So you tend to reach your peak bone mass late into your 20s. And what's really important in terms of young kids and adolescents is that 26% of your adult bone mineral is gained in those two years surrounding puberty. So, or your peak, your peak growth spurt, I guess is a, a good way to say mm-hmm. it. So for girls, that's around age 12, 12 and a half. And for mm-hmm. boys, that's around age 14. So those, those two years are very important in terms of gaining peak bone strength because that amount of bone that we gain during that time is the same amount of bone that we tend to lose during our adult lives. Okay, so mm. that makes some sense. So, mm-hmm. Tamara, is it time? It oh, is. How it's did the time, time go to so take fast? a break? I know it buzzes right on. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Earlier, Dar talked about her brother needing magnesium to reduce restless legs. Magnesium is also important for the absorption of calcium into our bones. 
Dr. Carolyn Dean, magnesium expert, said, Magnesium keeps calcium dissolved in the blood. Without proper balance of magnesium to calcium, 100 milligrams of calcium to 100 milligrams of magnesium, calcium ends up depositing in your kidneys and can create kidney stones or in your arteries, resulting in clogged arteries. Questions about bone health today? Give us a call, 651-641-1071. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Nutrition. You know, next week we have two great classes. Monday night, August 29th in St. Paul. Join Kristen, who's a great teacher, and she's also our marathon runner. I mean, every weekend I think she does a marathon. And she's going to share how she uses nutrition to gain peak performance. And so we have a class called Nutrition for Peak Performance. Or on Tuesday night in St. Paul, Jumpstart Your Metabolism is going to be taught. That's on Tuesday night. You know, we've had a great summer. We've taught many, many, many classes. And we've had great class participation. People are getting excited about eating the weight and wellness way. And to sign up for one of those classes, call 651-699-3438. Or just go and register online at weightandwellness.com. And we were talking about osteoporosis and how not to have it. That's right. Okay. So so I'll just recap very quickly, Dar, what we were talking about before the commercial break is that osteoporosis is something important that we, as older women, for example, need to be concerned about. We know that one in three women and one in five men over the age of 50 will develop osteoporosis and an osteoporosis-related fracture. But we also know that taking care of osteoporosis in older age is not is important, but it also is important to consider preventing osteoporosis while we're young because that's when most of our adult bone mineral is gained. So we need to take important steps to improve our physical activity and our nutrition to make sure we're getting the minerals like calcium and magnesium and zinc and that are important for building a strong skeleton while we're young. Well, you know, we had, while we were on break, we had a caller that asked the question, what, could you take, too, I think the question was, is, could you take too much magnesium so that the calcium doesn't get absorbed? Well, of course. I mean, I think that, you know, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dean said she recommends, like, if you're da- taking 200 milligrams of calcium, you should take 200 milligrams of magnesium. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's a little higher in magnesium than a lot of recommendations, but we need to balance things. Mm -hmm. We always need to balance things. So, you know, as Leslie was talking about, that we need to really be conscious of what we're eating when we're in that adolescent time. And I want parents to be really aware of uh, the nutrition and physical activities during these peak bone-building foods. So let's talk about what we should be feeding our kids and grandchildren for strong bones. You know, I know that it's not going to be chocolate milk and breakfast cereal. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That may be what they want, but that's not good for their bones. Right. Hmm. Although that's not often what we hear. That's right. So, yeah, exactly. Um, Well, as nutritionists and dietitians, not only do we believe, but we know that our diet needs to focus on real foods. So what I mean by real foods, uh, healthy meats and fish, lots of good vegetables, and good fats like butter, olive oil, and avocados. So here's a question. You know, how do you convince yourself or your teenage kids to give up their cereal and chocolate milk? And interestingly, did you know that cereal actually increases the body's acid level, which is harmful to our bones and elevates the loss of calcium in our urine? I think that's probably, Tamara, I think that's probably a lot of new information for people. I think you should say that one more time. Okay. Because what increases that acid level? Cereal. Cereal. Processed breakfast cereals. So when we eat those for breakfast, that actually increases the body's acid level, which is harmful to our bones and elevates a loss of calcium in the urine. So again, the question, how can you give up the convenience of pouring a bowl of cereal and instead making a real breakfast of eggs sautéed with maybe a little butter and vegetables? You know, I think I've heard that question already this week from clients because it's going back to school time, you know. Yes. And how can they change this? So, you know, how can you make real food convenient? I and mean, That's what we're really saying. Yes. You know, a lot of parents want to do this, but how do you do it? So, tomorrow, I know you work on a, this topic all the time. So, what do you have for a suggestion for these people? Okay, they're giving up cereal. They're not going right. to have it. They're not going to buy it. And, of course, they're not going to have chocolate milk. Right, of which course. Which is just all sugar. Yes. So, what are you going to suggest for them? Yeah, so... Uh, That is a good question because it does come up all the time. And especially, you know, I constantly hear we're always pressed for time. You know, there's not enough time in the morning to get up and make Mm -hmm. an omelet. So here's something that I do. And it takes just a few minutes because all you have to do is warm it up. So making an egg bake. Basically, you take an entire carton of eggs, 12 eggs, a cup of real cream, which is our good fat, lots of good veggies, for example, some spinach, chopped broccoli, maybe some red peppers, lots of good color in there, and a little bit of frozen organic hash browns. Mix that all together, pour it in a 9 by 13 Pyrex, put a little bit of cheese on top, throw it in the oven, 350 degrees for 40 minutes, and you've got a breakfast that will last the entire week. How easy is that? That's easy. Two dishes, one bowl to do the mixing, one baking dish, which you only have to clean at the end of the week. 
Seriously, it could not be easier. And then each morning, you know, you just warm up a six of the pan and you have a delicious bone building breakfast. Or, I mean, bring it to work, eat it for dinner. It doesn't matter. Right. Wonderful idea. Easy. Yes. Nothing to it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's delicious, which is important as well. So, so, yes. Easy, easy, easy. So I think, you know, I think, Leslie, don't you believe that in the past, you know, we heard that protein actually was a problem for bones, didn't we? Right. So there's been sort of a long-standing thought that protein caused our bodies to produce an acid load that was harmful to our bones. Right. Well, what we now we now know more about protein and how it affects bones. And what we do know is that of course a protein deficiency is not healthy for our bones. It's not healthy for our muscles or for our bones. But we know that now consuming adequate amounts of protein, a little bit higher amounts than probably most people are used to, because mm-hmm. I think probably most people don't consume enough protein. Especially women. That's mm-hmm. right. So consuming enough protein and enough calcium can actually help the absorption of calcium in our body. So Tamara was saying that high processed, highly processed cereals and high processed carbohydrates actually also create an acid load, which hasn't really been mentioned much, um, at least that I've seen in the literature. I know. And so it's not so much that while protein does create an acid load, it's not necessarily been detrimental to our bones, but it's the high sugar eating that also creates an acid load that we haven't yet considered. And, mm-hmm. you know, in reality, people eat more sugar than they do protein these days. Yes, yes. they do. Yeah. And, you know, we and it's, on our show, we talk about sugar means more than just sugar, the granulated white sugar. That's right. It also means processed carbohydrates that turn into sugar that, in our bloodstream. That's right. So it also means... Big plate, big bowls of pasta, big mm-hmm. bowls of cereal. Um, so, but the one thing that is sort of an opposite to sort of the alkaline to the acid of mm-hmm. high carbohydrate processed eating that can help balance our bodies and be beneficial to bone is vegetables. Vegetables, mm-hmm. vegetables, vegetables. How about that? We it can... all comes back to balanced eating, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to that, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. So are we time for a break, or what do you think? Well, sure. Should we go to break? Sure. Let's do that. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Tamara Brown, licensed dietitian, and joining me today is Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, and Dr. Leslie Scavora, expert on bone health. If you have questions today about osteoporosis or bone thinning, give us a call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I believe most people now realize that it is necessary to have adequate vitamin D for good calcium absorption into your bones. You know, remember your grandmother would give all the kids a dose of cod liver oil each day for their vitamin D. As I was researching, I found an interesting body sign about the lack of vitamin D. Dr. Clifford Rosen at the Maine Center for Osteoporosis Research and Education found that individuals who have prematurely gray hair are four and a half times more likely to have osteoporosis. 
premature gray hair and osteoporosis. Interesting. So Dr. Rosen also suggests that premature gray hair has been associated with a lack of vitamin D. That's an interesting observation. I don't know how well researched it is, but it's a great observation. And we know that vitamin D certainly is associated with low bone density or the lack of vitamin D. Right, Leslie? Right. It's, um, it's, vitamin D is important for absorbing, helping to our bodies to absorb calcium for good bone health. And it's been often long thought now that uh, many people in the, our population are deficient in vitamin D. In fact, I, I think I've, we, we hear often that everyone in Minnesota is deficient in vitamin D. Right, because, you know, we have such fantastic long winters that <laughs> we cover up our bodies and we don't get sun. Yep. So uh, we're not able to, you know, make vitamin D from ultraviolet rays. So the Institute of Medicine in November of 2010 actually came out with new vitamin D recommendations. Mm -hmm. And what they're suggesting is that um, vitamin D, daily vitamin D consumption should be approximately 600 IUs per day. Okay. If you're over 70, 800 800, IUs per day. Mm -hmm. And um, they say that more is not necessarily better. Okay. Meaning that there may not be as many people deficient in the population as once thought. This is according to their research, and this was a government-convened panel. And so they say that uh, daily vitamin D intake should not exceed 4,000 IUs, which is interesting. And this has created a little bit of controversy, uh, but they tend to conclude that the that the research available to them to make the recommendations is not fully conclusive, and so they're reluctant to probably raise those recommendation levels. And in fact, um, somebody that you're very familiar with, Walter Willett, mm -hmm. at Harvard has contested those levels, saying that they're too low. Okay. And So there's some interesting research on vitamin D, and, and it remains is. to be seen. Well, you know, personally, I always I've always questioned uh, when people are prescribed 50,000 IUs, or, or yeah, IUs of vitamin D a day, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But, right, you know, right. So it would be interesting if they would ever conduct research to figure out exactly how much vitamin D people need for calcium absorption. Mm -hmm. Right. What they've what they've determined from this panel of researchers is that twenty nanograms per mm -hmm. milliliter tends to be an adequate amount for bone health okay. in a majority of the population, which in this instance mm -hmm. means just about 98% of the population. Okay. But according to, and, and you would probably tend to agree that it's probably more most important that we identify those people who are at risk for vitamin D deficiency rather mm -hmm. than maybe making at this point, particularly in Minnesota where we know we tend to have maybe more deficiency than we do in the state of Florida or California where sunlight is very, very prevalent. So maybe it's more important to identify those people who might be at risk for vitamin D deficiency. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I know we've worked with people that come in with levels that are 3, 4, 10, 11, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Which is extremely low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that certainly is going to affect the bone absorption. That's or right. Or the calcium mm -hmm. absor absorption into the bones. So. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So interesting. Anyway, lots of interesting information on vitamin D, and no one knows for sure. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. That's right. Researchers are not agreed. We're learning something new every day. Yes. Exactly. So, let's, should we take a call? Or yes, two? let's take a call. Thank you for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. Don, do you have a question for us today? Yes, I, I do have a question. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, yes. we can. Good. Um, I have a stepson, and his health concerns me a great deal. Um, he's been active his whole life. He loves to hunt and fish, particularly fish, and so every weekend he'll be out doing that. And um, he had played football in high school and was encouraged to eat a lot of calories because he was a tackle. And so as an adult, he's averaged about 350 pounds of weight. And he suffers severe leg cramps at times, uh, restless leg that you've mentioned. But what concerned me was about uh, half a year to a year ago, he developed a really big pain in his back, and the doctor insisted that he take an operation on his spine, and he did that. And it seemed to work for about a year, and then the problem reoccurred during the last several months. But the doctor says this time he doesn't want to operate again unless he does a gastric bypass. So he went through great effort, took out his entire retirement money that he'd been saving, because these operations are very expensive. And um, he's about to do a bypass in a day or two. I can't convince him otherwise. His uh, mother, my wife, is very much convinced that the bypass is the thing to do. And uh, so he's going to go do this. My concern is his bones. He has a lot of weight, and it's the, the cause, in my opinion, of the pressure on the bones resulting in the need for the operation, and in his case, the gastric bypass. And so my question is, what can a person like him, and this is an early age, 31, uh, do to um, strengthen his bones uh, because I'm afraid that they're just going to, you know, and with him being inactive, his weight has gone up since he can't go outdoors and walk a lot and do the things he loves to do. His weight's gone from 350 to 450. It so, might even be so, up near 500. I mean, it's truly yeah. in so, a disastrous so way. That's all I'll say. So basically what you're doing is you're saying, okay, what's a better solution for him? Well, you know, I, mean, I would. Yes. I mean, it's, we it's have difficult worked, for me to tell him. You yeah. know, I mean, we have worked with many, many people that have lost a hundred pounds, two hundred pounds, but it takes a lot of individual nutrition counseling to help people kind of stick it, stick with a plan and understand where all their cravings are coming from. Obviously, he's got a lot of cravings, and he's got a big appetite, and so it's a matter. You know, you can't go on a low calorie. Uh, kind of eating plan, or you're just you're going to do it for uh, maybe two weeks and then you're going to fall off, and that's what a lot of times what happens to some people that have, you know, are very large and they get put on these very low calorie diets and they can't do it. So you know that would be my solution for him. You know, I don't know what's going to happen when he if he goes ahead with gastric bypass. Um, I don't know. Do you want to speak to this, Leslie, or is this one that you just want to stay away from? Well, I, what I can speak to is this. My research at the University of Minnesota has specifically looked at the effect of gastric bypass or bariatric surgery on bone health. And one thing that we do know is that people lose a significant amount of weight following 
gastric bypass surgery sure. or bariatric surgery. Sure. What the literature also tells us is that we need to be very concerned about the bones and bone strength of those people who have gastric bypass surgery for weight loss uh, because study after study has shown significant loss of bone, particularly okay. at the hip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so physical activity and, and should he decide to to have a gastric bypass surgery, physical activity and nutrition are going to be critically important for him in maintaining good bone health. So he's going to need that individual nutritional counseling anyway. I believe so. And so why not do it before? That's right. To pre- yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. But, you know, thanks for the call today. And um, it's an interesting problem you have there. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, should we kind of go back to... Um, yes. We were kind of talking about... Balanced eating. Yep. Making sure that you're, you know, if you're looking at avoiding osteoporosis, um, you know, and helping your teenagers eat better, um, you know, again, we go back to the whole thing, balanced eating. Yes. You know? Exactly. You know, three meals a day at least of meat and fish and eggs, some type of protein, vegetables, 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 and some kind of healthy fat. And like Leslie, you said before, pasta just won't make it, will it? That's right. Because that's, that's right. all carbohydrate. That's right. We need yes. protein and we need vegetables, as Tamara would I'm sure agree with. Exactly. Exactly. So what we want to move away from is the breakfast of cereal, toast, and juice. Because again, that is all Sugar turns into sugar in our body. And that would be a meal that would not be building for our bones. So we were talking about the egg bake and having a healthy start to your day. So, Leslie, you know, we've got teenagers that are always drinking soda. That's right. So what what does the research say? Well, what we know about soda or sugar-sweetened beverage consumption in in adolescents is that they consume more sweeteners, sugar and other sweeteners, as a percentage of their total intake daily than any other age group. And the major source of sweetener and Mm -hmm. sugar is the beverages that they drink. The high fructose corn syrup in... High fructose corn syrup, sugar, mm-hmm. and other sweeteners. So, and so what happens to bone density when people eat, drink a lot of pop? Well, what we, what research has tended to show is that drinking sugar beverages, pop or juices, sports drinks, tends to displace other minerals and and things that we would get in our diet from maybe drinking milk or eating vegetables Mm -hmm. or drinking water. Mm -hmm. So there is a few, there are a few studies and and the research remains somewhat, somewhat um, ambiguous and a little bit inconclusive, but there's enough concern that research is being done in this area. And there have been two studies that have shown that as, as pop soda pop consumption has increased um, bone fractures in Adolescents have also sort of played, uh, been associated with that. So there's there's an association there. Uh, research, at least scientists are not quite sure 
what that association is yet and mm-hmm. what, what the underlying mechanisms of, of consumption of soda and sugar-sweetened beverages are on bone health, but there is a definite concern there. You know, yesterday when I was working with a client, she was talking about her husband who works the night shift, mm-hmm. you know, drinking three or four cans of Mountain Dew every night to stay awake, of course, mm-hmm. for energy. And, 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 and she's very concerned about him doing that. And obviously that's going to create, you know, we don't know at this point exactly what problems, but maybe 20 years he's going to be one of those one-fifth that's having a fra- bone fracture because of weak, fragile bones. That's that's a definite possibility. And when we're not eating properly mm-hmm. to take care of our bones and we're not physically active in ways that promote good bone health, we certainly run the risk of developing osteoporosis later in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, that, you know, just think about, uh, you know, your grandmother or I think everybody's got a grandmother or a great aunt that's been in a nursing home. You know, they fall... And usually they fall after their hip broke. Not they didn't. They don't break their hip. It's usually their hip breaks and then they fall. And you know these people, like we talked at the beginning of the show, they never recover. So again, we keep saying you gotta uh-huh. put the nutrients into the bones now when you're younger, so this doesn't happen to you if you happen to have to go to a nursing home, which hopefully you don't ever have to. That's right. right. That's right. We <laughs> right. want people to live long, healthy. Active lives. Right. Okay, and it's time for another break. Okay. You are listening to Dishing of Nutrition. Starting this fall, the week of September 12th, we have many weight and wellness classes starting. In this six-week class series, you will learn about real versus man-made foods, how to eat to avoid diabetes, what causes digestive problems and how to overcome them, why fats are important, and which ones to buy. You will also learn what to eat to avoid low moods and anxiety and what foods really support good cholesterol and heart health. Check out our website for more information, weightandwellness.com, and for a location near you. We'll be right back. You know, we are often asked, what kind of calcium should I take and how much? Or can I just take Tums for my calcium? Or what about those calcium chews? You know, please don't take Tums or the calcium chews. Both are a form of calcium that not, is, not easily to, is not easily absorbable. And when it isn't absorbed, it can lead to kidney stones. So don't take it. So always pick a combination product called calcium citrate, and they always combine it with something that's called microcrystalline hydroxyapatite. And that two, those two things, the calcium citrate with this active bone-building substance is very great, outstanding product. And one that I really recommend for a lot of people that may have osteoporosis or osteopenia is a product that is called ProBono. And it's ProBono is a total bone-building supplement that contains all the essential nutrients for bone-building. It's easy to take. They have you take a packet in the morning and a packet at night, and it gives amazing results. You know, um, I think that many of our clients have actually restored their bones 
and no longer have osteoporosis. I mean, it's amazing when you mm-hmm. watch the bone densities. And I've seen hundreds of bone density scans, and they've improved, and they've returned to normal for most people. So, you know, if you're wondering about this product, you can call our office, and I would say ask one of the nutritionists. And one of the things I think is if you really have questions about, call Tamara next week. And uh, the number is 651-699-3438. And Tamara, you can talk about the company actually has a guarantee on the product, don't they? They do. And we'll go over the guarantee and all the other things that maybe you need to do. Um, So again, our phone number is 651-699-3438. What's the best day to call you, Monday or Tuesday? Uh, Well, I'm in both days. Okay, call either day. (laughs) (laughs) So, should we take a caller? Or? Sure. Okay. Let's take a caller. Thank you for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. Mary, do you have a question for us this morning? Yes, I did. Um, I've had this thing with my fingers for years, and I guess I call it Renaud's syndrome. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I heard maybe magnesium was good for that. Well, I think Renaud's is a, it's considered an autoimmune disease. So, you have to start thinking about it. It's a, to me, it's a, a warning that you oh. might also develop other autoimmune diseases. And I don't know if you have any autoimmune diseases, um, but I think, you you know, it's something, it's a warning. Well, Leslie, you were going to say something? Yes, I. as a matter of fact, I do have a little bit of a mild form of uh, Raynaud's, okay. which I found out a couple of years ago. Okay. So, you you know, you know it. And so then what we would do if we were working with you is to look at, okay, what's causing this Confusion in your immune system, and it may be something that you're eating, mm. and so that it's it's more serious than just a magnesium deficiency. Oh, that's what I would say. Okay, I think you have to really address it because if you don't address this, then you know maybe you'll end up with you know Hashimoto's disease of your thyroid or something else. So my guess is in your family, there might be some a history of some other kinds of autoimmune diseases. Is that true? Or like rheumatoid arthritis? I don't know what, which diseases are considered autoimmune diseases. Well, a lot of thyroid, a lot of um, like, you know, um, help me, <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's, Crohn's. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of are all autoimmune diseases. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did have thyroid problems, and I'm on Synthroid. Sure, and you might already have an autoimmune disease. Yeah, and that was, um, you know, diagnosed a long time ago in the early 80s. Yep. So, I mean, they gave me the radioactive iodine. Oh, yes, because you had probably Graves' disease, which is another form of... So, yes, I think you should probably... I would would encourage you to come and make a a consultation with one of us. Okay, because I know they recently found out that I have um, gluten, celiac. Oh, well, yes. So I haven't had any gluten since last October. Okay, so you're on the right path. Yes. Good, good. So you are backing off on some of the foods that might be causing that autoimmune reaction. Yeah. Would it? Do you think it would take this long to get better? Because, I mean, it was last, last October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it takes a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Oh, does it? Yeah. A year or so? or Yeah, at least mm-hmm. a year. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. So, All right. Okay. All right. All right, great. Thank Thanks you. for the call. Interesting caller. Yes. Thanks. Bye. So, Laura, where are we now? <laughs> well, let's see. What about, Leslie, do you have some research to share? I actually did bring in 
some research, some very recent research that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in February of this year. Okay. Speaking of very current, good nutrition and bone health. So this is actually research that was conducted on the a cohort of the um, Framingham Research Group. So it's the Framingham Osteoporosis Group. And what they looked at was they looked at over 600 um, older men and women, and they looked at the association between eating fish every week and bone health. Okay. And what they found, which was very interesting, is that... In, in women and men who mm-hmm. ate three or more servings of fish per week okay. and predominantly dark fish, so fish like salmon, for example, mm-hmm. preserved their bone density at the hip over four years compared to people who ate fewer servings of fish, so maybe only one or none okay. per week. But what was most interesting, to, at least to me, in terms of bone health was that it was the dark fish, such as salmon, which we know are high in omega-3 fatty acids. Exactly. And also important for other things in our body as well, besides our bones. So citing an important, a good reason, an important reason to either supplement your diet with fish oil or eat omega-3 rich food sources. So they got the omega-3s, they got protein. Did they get anything else? In this study, I mean, when they looked at fish, they looked prime. Well, they looked primarily at just fish consumption, so different types of fish. Okay, um, tuna, white fish, dark fish, and it was the dark fish specifically that were um, associated with greater preservation of of bone mineral density. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so. We don't do that very often, do we? Do we? Is it really that kind of time? It is, huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. Flies. Flies. So we want to thank um, Dr. Leslie Sabar for being a great guest today. It's thank amazing you. amazing how fast things go. Uh, it's for sharing her knowledge, her expertise about bone health. And it's really important to take care of your bones. And we believe it's nice to eat real meat. You know, like fish, steak, lots of vegetables, and healthy fats. Avoid soda, smoking, trans fats, and sugar. So, really, you have to think, food does matter. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.